0: Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about the Gospel Toolbox. We've been in a series called Gospel Fluency. This is the fourth week and the final week, and next week I'm going to kind of go solo here for a few weeks, and then, it's hard to believe, and then, and then, it's going to be Christmas, yeah, season, the first Sunday in December. Wow, what happened to 2018? Oh, well, as I'm thinking this morning about the Gospel Toolbox, I got to thinking about the Great Commission. I, I love the Great Commission, we if I said, where's the Great Commission? Many of you have been around the scriptures. You would go, Matthew 28. i go, you're exactly right. When we started the church, we based it on the Great Commission. We used to have a lot of recordings, and we would have Chrissy's voice, and I think it's maybe still even on there, about fulfilling the Great Commission in Montgomery and the... Did you hear Chrissy? She said the world. <laughs> Montgomery in the world. And the Great Commission is not the great option. <laughs> it's not the great or mere suggestion. It's the Great Commission. And it's for every believer in Jesus Christ. But here's what I find that's interesting. The Great Commission is recorded five places in Scripture. I want you to write them down because I'm not going to have them come up on the screen. They're not in your notes, but I thought it would be helpful for us. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. That's the one that I know in all my Bibles seems like it's highlighted and that's where I go. The second place would be Mark 16, verses 15 to 18. So you see it there simply in two Gospels. Then you go to another Gospel, Luke chapter 24, verses 45 through 49. You see the Great Commission. The fourth place, the other Gospel, you go to John chapter 20, verses 21 through 23. So it's four times, but I told you five. So you go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, And what I find out is that the Great Commission is central, pivotal to the life of Jesus Christ. Therefore, it should be central to us as Christ followers this morning. That we go, and we show, and we go, and we tell, and we go, and we proclaim. But we go. This morning, I had an early meeting with the Belize team that will go in January. So excited about that team got a couple team members that have not been on a mission trip and those are always my favorites ones that are saying you know I've always wanted to and now I'm going so there'll be future opportunities in 2019 and I hope that you'll say you know what I want to go on the next one I want to arrange my schedule to go but it's not just going to another country or to another city it could be just going to the next room to the next cubicle to the next office to the next neighborhood to the neighbor God forbid you know that's one of the things that drives me nuts in 2018 when you're loquacious, talkative like I am. I like to talk to my neighbors. Matter of fact, I met one the other day, and uh, and he says, you're kind of talkative, are you? (laughs) And I took that as a compliment. I don't know how he meant it, but but we got embraced. And then another guy, matter of fact, I met this one guy, and then another guy came up, and we were talking. He goes, yeah, this guy's kind of (laughs) talkative. I thought, man, you just don't know, bro. You wait till I get into gospel mode. But I didn't say that. I'm just trying to build a bridge with this guy right now. I really, but I but I was interested in. I met him on my walk, you know. That's, you know, I used to think only old people walk. Oh, maybe I'm telling something about myself. Anyway, but there's I'm out there. I'm meeting all these people, and it's just kind of fun. So I'm asking God, help me do this. I, I want to. Here here's what I have you write down though about taking a walk, about being gospel fluent. You have to make it personal. Write that down. When we're witnesses for Christ, we have to make it personal. It's not just some. You just throw it out there for everybody, but we want to make it a personal witness for Christ. And the other thing is, as we declare, we have to get close. You have to get in close proximity. That's why I've always been a proponent that the meal place, the meal table, is always a good place to connect with other people on kind of common ground, on common turf. So you get personal, you get close, and you make contact. You know, that's what I pray in this series that we've learned more about the gospel, that we've been somehow stirred by the gospel, but then God begins to just like fill us with it and we begin to walk in it. Because you know, the the, the scripture says, put on the full armor of God, and he says, put on the shoes of the, no, let's say, put on the shoes of the, the gospel, yeah, of, of readiness, but put on the gospel shoes. Let's put those on that we can go and that we can share. Uh, this morning, I brought a prop. I used to do this all the time, and I've kind of quit doing it, and my wife didn't know it. You know, I, tell, I don't tell her about props, because she like, oh, really, you're going to do that one? But uh, I went out, and I got one of my toolboxes out of my garage, and I wish I had taken some tools out of it, because it's kind of heavy. I'm thinking, man, this thing weighs, you know what? I lost more than this thing weighs, and that, 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 that is perspective for me this morning. But my toolbox, I brought it in this morning, and we have some fishermen, they went, oh, oh, pastor brought us tackle box. I don't fish much. You know, I went like a few years ago with my friend. and I, I, You know, it's kind of fun. Everybody says, we know why you don't like fishing, because you can't be quiet. I can. I've been known to sit still for two and a half hours and not talk. I prayed. I napped a little bit, but I was quiet. Except the thing is, I went with a pro bass fisherman. I say pro, he's won tournaments and stuff. And I caught the first bass. That was the favor of God. Fell on my life that day. And then after that, I caught no more, and I messed up three rods, and he quit inviting me, and he caught the rest of the fish. Yeah, here it is. So this is not a tackle box. This is a All right, good. So you have one of those. So I got to thinking there's some things that this morning, matter of fact, before I do it, let's look at this next. No, that, that's the toolbox. Let's look at the next one. Well, there's supposed to be a hammer in there. Is, is there not a big ham- or a set of hammers? What? Yeah, there they are. Thank you. I, I got it out of order. That is not your tool to go witnessing for Jesus Christ to share the gospel. Here, I'm going to hit you over the head and put you in a comatose position. And I'm going to tell you about the Savior. It's like my spiritual father, mentor in the faith, Dr. Andy Harris, that I love deeply. He used to tell me, he goes, oh, there ain't nothing like a little Novocaine. And he just get them sitting there in that chair, get them all easy and just share the good news of Jesus with them. And that guy's won more people and disciple more people to Jesus than anybody I know. Just an incredible infectious witness. But he, he, so, you know, so if I pull Novocaine, that ain't the one. If I pull the hammer out, that's not the one. But today, I want to talk to us about tools that we might use in our gospel witness that we somehow might get more gospel permeated, saturated, immersed in him that we could share this good news. And somebody right now, like, I want what He's got in there. Well, I'm going to get there in a minute. I just kind of want to play with it. I want to kind of tease you a little bit about the idea that we we want to uh, share God's story. See, that's what the gospel is about. It's about God's story. God's redemptive story from beginning to end. You know, I, I don't know if you have this for your kids or your grandkids, the storybook Bibles. I kind of like them because I can understand them. And those storybook Bibles are good, and they, and, and they help kids begin to get a, a saturated mind, a mind leaning toward the things of God and what God says in the great stories of faith. But in, in this gospel, there's a primary message that we need to get out. And that's what we've been talking about over these weeks. If you want to go back online or this morning, maybe God will just sti- uh, stick in your heart. But we've all been created in the image of God. We're to be image bearers. We reflect the love of God. We're to reflect Him to other people. And then there was this big uh, event that happened in Genesis. There was the fall of man. There was sin that entered in. And we have talked about sin. But see, I always tell you, you can never appreciate good news, gospel, Unless you know how bad and wicked and depraved and off the chart and horrible and miss the mark you are. And a lot of people are like, I just want to hear about the goodness of God. I just want to hear about His mercy. I like mercy over judgment too. But I need to know about the bad news. And this sin thing just marred me up. And it still mars me up. But I'm grateful for a Savior a bit like you. And there's all this brokenness all around us. And here's what I learned about brokenness. Brokenness wreaks havoc in your life. But I want to tell you something. I want you to listen. Write this down. When you sin, you don't just sin against God. We tend to sin in community. How many of you believe that your sin affects other people? Raise your hands. Yeah, it does. You say, well, it's just a private thing. But it affects. I thought about great spiritual leaders that I've had. And I thought about spiritual leaders our nation's had. And some that have made poor choices. And some that their sin has really hindered fellowships. They've they've messed up churches. They've messed up believers. And I'm glad that God's grace is greater than all our sin. And the church said... But it just shows you, man, when we sin, it has a profound effect. It has rippling effect. Because sin is when we're broken against God. And then this redemption comes. And so when redemption comes, the gospel tells a story. The gospel tells a story that there's hope. And if there's anything that I've learned in over four decades of loving Jesus is, Christ is a hope-filled Savior forever. And I need hope. When you lose hope, you're in trouble. There used to be a young man. used to sit on that piano. You know what I'm talking about. He used to be our worship leader. Anointed of God. And then life and on his way, somehow he grew hopeless. And oh, I wish he'd have called me. said, hey, Pastor Keith, can we talk? Because he could declare the praises of God in this room, couldn't he, church? And why do I bring that up? I, I don't know. It just the Spirit of God just revealing to me that, man, when we grow hopeless, we can do things we would no otherwise do. So I always pray, when you get hopeless, when you get in despair mode, run to Jesus. If you can't get there, find a friend that knows Jesus. Maybe they can take you there but run to christ christ is a living hope for the ages oh i'm thankful for the hope that christ redemption and i declare my faith in the one that saves me in the one that frees me in the one that breaks my addictions in the one that breaks the cycle of sin in the one that is above all the matters of this life he's jesus and then he restores us Oh, I'm grateful for the ministry of Jesus where He restores broken people. Are you church? He restores broken messes like you and me. He's been doing that a long time and I imagine He'll do that until the trumpet blows, until He calls us home and He he wants to restore us. And so the plan of God's always been that I'm going to provide redemption. I'm going to provide a covering, a Savior. I'm going to provide the Christ. But you got to cry out to Him you've got to declare that you need him you've got to cry out that Lord I am dependent on you see a lot of people trust in a lot of things you trust in your ability you trust in your spiritual gifts you trust in your membership you trust in your service and all those things are well and good and meaningful but they're empty you want to trust in this Christ you want to trust in the one that loves you you want to trust in the one that can forgive you the one that's been hanging out from eternity past Eternity present, eternity future, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all there for you and me. God has come near. Oh, I love that. He gives hope, everlasting hope. And and that's part of the gospel story, that that perfect substitute, that perfect one, Jesus, gives sacrifice once and for all. The communion table today. Once once and for all, perpetuation, sacrifice was made for you and me to go to the table and to receive the sacraments of God. Oh, I'm grateful for that. And sometimes when I look inwardly and I ask the Holy Spirit to search, sometimes I have to weep. I I realize I've messed up, I've missed the mark, I've hurt God, I've hurt my witness for Him. I mean, have you lost the ability to blush? Have you lost the ability to weep? Have you lost the ability to be broken before God? Oh, I hope not. Because sometimes we just need to run to Him. Not sometimes. We need to run to Him all the time. But there's just times that you know what I'm talking about. You're like, Lord, I've just messed up. I've I've concluded that the gospel story is for everyone, including me, including you. And this morning... There, there's a there's a, a verse here, and we're going to get to these things in the toolbox. Don't worry. Some of you are like, man, I don't think you going to get there. I think you forgot about it. If you turn over to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20, and I believe we got it in the NIV translation. It's on the screen behind me. And as you look at these words, listen to them. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me that I will fiercely Make known the mystery of the gospel, Paul speaking here, for which I am an ambassador in chains. And pray, and pray, circle the word pray in your Bible there. Pray that I might declare it fiercely as I should. In a fearless manner, pray that I would declare Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected. I love that. And Paul, he's writing to those there in the Roman prison. He's, he's always finding himself in house arrest. He's always finding himself locked up. He's always finding himself in, in odds against people because he's made Christ great. He's made Christ the famous one we talked about a couple of weeks ago. But he goes, You know what? I don't pray that these shackles would fall off. I don't pray that you're going to release me from this. I pray that somehow in a courageous, in a bold manner, I'm going to make Jesus known. I'm going to proclaim Christ. And we read this and we see it in Sunday school and we see it in small groups and we see it wherever and we see it on the screen and go, oh yeah, that's good work. But the focus today is if you and I get our hearts around this little bitty two verses of Scripture, that we want to be bold witnesses, then the gospel gets more fluent in our lives, in our church, in our midst, in our homes. You know, Paul, he sensed that he had a great need. That verse starts out, he says, pray for me. The apostle Paul said, pray for me. I ask you sometimes, would you pray for me? I ask you a lot. I send out a weekly prayer list and and sometimes it's about me, a lot of times it's, about, it's just about our church, it's about events, it's about situations, it's about our world, whatever's going on. But then I ask us, do you ask other people to pray for you? Oh, would you pray for me, friend? Ask one another to pray for one another. And in the book of Acts, there's at least nine references to this whole thing of witnessing, this whole thing of proclaiming, this whole thing of faith sharing. It's just kind of a common theme of Scripture. It's definitely a theme of the Apostle Paul he's he's very clear he's very good so I've just got a question real quick it's a side note though what do you and I pray for what do we pray for oh man I, I pray for comfort I pray for a new job I pray for a mate I pray for a dog my other one bit me I need a new one I, I here's one I pray for a goldfish hey are my friends in here with the goldfish this morning they're not here today I'll tell the story I'd tell if they were in here. Several weeks ago, I walked up to somebody in our church and I said, "How you doing?" So, oh, hey, great, great. We love Montgomery. He said, "We went to the fair," <laughs> and I was sitting there picking. On them. I said, "Yeah, you went to the fair, huh?" I said, "Did you get any goldfish?" And I was just being smart it. They said, "We did." <laughs> I said, "How's that working for you?" And they just smiled. I said, did you walk around with it, the whole thing? Because I remember when I was in junior high and, you, you know, anybody can win one. You throw a ping pong ball and it lands in the thing and you get a goldfish and you got to walk around with that sucker all night. And finally, that's why you see all these goldfish sitting on the side because junior high boys are like, I ain't walking around with no goldfish, no longer, you know. But I, and he said, oh, no, they have it figured out. Now you get a card and you come back afterwards. And I said, and you went back and picked it up? <laughs> they said, we did. I said, how long you had it? They said, about four or five days. He said, still living? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, it won't. Let me just go ahead and prophesy for you. I <laughs> said, our kids are already fallen in love with it. I went, oh, sh- there's a pet store right down here. Just want you to know. They came another way. Pastor, you are prophetic. The fish died. Oh, I know. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know. Hey, I, I just know stuff like that, okay? But I told you that story for a reason. I forgot. I got too into it. All right, let's just keep going. So It just happens. I'm, I'm thinking about Thanksgiving lunch. I, glory to God, I just saw pie whoa let's have a quick prayer go would, would that be okay with y'all let's close it out no, no let's keep going all right i have messed up i look right demon over there okay here we go here we are. The, the bible says in romans 1:18, listen to this for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven in the dinner table I mean from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and the righteousness because that is which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them basically God makes his ways known if you read Romans 1 people are always say what about the the people in the jungle that have never heard about Jesus well you know it's our job to go and fulfill the great commission and proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth until he comes again but also, God's created us where there's that inner capacity, that inner desire to know Him, that we're without excuse. And, and Romans is just this great proof text for apologetics to go. And in and and, and Romans, he says, so listen to this. For since the creation of the world, Romans one twenty, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. God is known in his creation. He is certainly known in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the psalmist says, the world uh, declares the glory of God. Uh, recently when I was at the ocean, every time I look at the waves and then when they clap their hands, they give God glory. When you look at the waves, do you think about God's glory? I do. When I look at creation, when I look at squirrels, when I look at animals, i God, you're good. When I look at mosquitoes, I go, ain't got nothing for you. I mean, you know, I, I, how, many, how many hate mosquitoes as much as I do? But yeah, I mean, man, nasty, yeah. I mean, if you like mosquitoes, we got a counseling for you this afternoon. Okay. So here's what I'm saying about gospel. Let's put our gospel ears on. And let's ask our friends, and let's pray for our friends to have ears to hear the gospel. That somehow their eyes get unveiled, their ears get unclogged, and they begin to hear because so many times we hear it, but we don't hear it. You know, have you ever heard something, but you didn't hear it? You're saying, is that a trick question? Is that, is that my marriage? No, that's what I'm not talking about. Have you ever heard something, but you didn't really hear it? And sometimes you hear God speak, but you don't, you're a little cloudy, you're a little distorted. I'd say, God, guys, let's lean in. Lord, we want to have ears. We want to hear. have ears that hear the clear call of the gospel. The gospel's clear. It's, it's for you and I. Let, let's begin to fill these in. Uh, so in the toolbox, and I, I really just use it for an illustration because these aren't so exciting. But here it is. Number one, starting spiritual conversations. That's what we want to do. That's a tool that you and I need to have is, God, give me the courage God, give me the boldness to start spiritual conversations. Because God, I love you. And when we sing that one song, I hold my hands up. I I held one, Lord, I held one right here last weekend. It was amazing. And somebody said, man, man, I held it to them. I held both of them up. Man, God, I jumped. Okay, praise God. But here's what I want us to think about. When we start spiritual conversations, it's like throwing out the bait. See, this toolbox could have been a tackle box. And what I do know about fishing is you want to have the right bait. And when I went fishing with my friend, he's a serious bass fisherman, so he has spent some serious money on all kind of tackle and lures and worms and scented worms. And he gave me some and my car stunk and all that kind of stuff. But I that's better than having live bait that died instead of my car. That would have been gross. But, you know, you want to, you want to trick them. You, 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 you want to bait them. That they get on the hook. Well, it's not that I want to trick anybody with Jesus. But I do want to set the tone. I do want to make them interested. The, now, the Holy Spirit draws them. The Holy Spirit, God does His work. God saves them. We don't do any of that. And so, here's some practical ways. You, you need to write in some notes today. Some of you are like, yes, preacher, I love this. Somebody are like, I'm not taking a note. I'm very cerebral. <laughs> Psh, whatever. You didn't bring a pen. Go ahead and tell the truth. Right, here it is. Number one. Here, 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 here's, here's a bait. How can I pray for you? I find everybody wants prayer, and and, and I'm asking God for more non-Christians in my life than I need, and I think we all do. And you just ask me, how can I pray for you? I think it's a great conversation starter. Just how can I pray for you? Because everybody wants that. Here's another one. Not being presumptuous or all spiritual, but hey, how's God working in your life? And maybe you declare a little something what God's doing in your life, and that just, they're like, well, you're always going to say something about God. Or they're like, yeah, God's doing that. Or maybe they have something that they say, Man, I, I, I've run away from God. I'm running from him. I want to run to him. The third one. Here's one. Hey, do you watch much news? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. i watch a lot of news. What do you think about God when blank happens? I just gave you bait for the millennium. Because <laughs> there's so much stuff there. And, and I, I don't want you to get all political and get opposed. If you've noticed, I don't make this platform a political platform. This platform is for the gospel of grace. Amen? And that's what I talk about. Oh, we could disagree on political spectrums and opinions, and I bet we do on something. I mean, we're going to disagree on something, but let's make it about Jesus. Here's one. Hey, our pastor's been talking about eternity. What do you think about it? Just set them up. It's just a little hook. Just something to kind of get them going. And then here's another one. Here's one that anybody can do. I praise God. He has been so good to me in blank. And tell them. And then maybe do a follow-up. How's God been good to you? Maybe they have to stop and think, stop and reflect, stop and question. Or maybe they vent frustration. I don't know. These are just spiritual conversations that I think God wants us to have. Because spiritual conversations build bridges of connections to the lives of others. You know, as Christians, as Christ followers, we're bridge builders to the Savior. Amen? 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 And I pray we're having some of these conversations with people. Matter of fact, as as I've been researching and studying and preparing for this series and this message, man, God is doing something new in my heart that I'm excited about, and I hope He's doing it in yours, that He's igniting more spiritual passion to proclaim the riches of our awesome Savior that you want others to know this Christ that we talk about. Amen? Amen? Come on, church man. We got to declare. We got to share. Well, I, I man, tell them to watch TV and they can see it on there. Tell them to tell them to get a podcast. Oh, I ain't gonna tell. I'm scared, Pastor. Scared of what? Man, just share. God help us to have those. Here you go. Look, look at the second one. This is good. A moral continuum. Now, this is one. You know, as a Christian, I've learned all these things about how to share Jesus with napkins. And here's just another one. So you get you a napkin, and I even put it right here in your outline, so, so you can just copy this after today, and you just, uh, actually, there we go. That, well, they're a little bit off, but that's okay. Like the devil should be down at zero, and God should be at 100. Well, we're getting close. They, they, somehow they realigned. All right, did they? Oh, I'm sorry, the one I'm looking at the back wall is all screwed up. That one's beautiful. Thank you. That, that one looks great. Yeah, I like that one. The one I was looking at, God was over here about a 75 and the devil then made it up to 30. And I went, oh man, killing my illustration. You know what I'm saying? But hey, you just draw a little graph. And you put on there zero to hundred. How many of you agree that the devil's a zero? Oh, well, he's really about negative 50. But I, right. and God, he's perfect. He's a hundred. Okay. And then, and then, so let's, uh, let's, let's put somebody famous on there. Uh, let's put Mother Teresa on there. All right. So let's see if going, if she's going to come up. She's supposed to, if she doesn't. Yeah, I, and, and just write about Mother Teresa. She's about an 80. Her Billy Graham, maybe eight years ago, Pastor, she's an 88. Okay, well, let's don't fight about it in church. But, so she did pretty good. All right, so then let's think about, uh, uh, let's say about Justin Bieber. Where, where would he be? <laughs> about a 45 or something. I don't know. 40, 30. Somebody go, oh, he's a 70. Whatever, get, get a life, okay? All right, and then uh, let, let's put uh, uh, let's put me on there. Me, you, you and me. Oh, about a fifty-eight, yeah. You know, have you ever noticed we always put ourselves a little bit better than what I? You know, I'm not a Mother Teresa, but hey, I'm not a Justin Bieber either. So this ain't too bad, you know. And we have you ever noticed we always tend to put ourselves better than we are? <laughs> Probably. All right. And, oh, they already did it. All right. And then who who's like a real loser? Hitler. And I don't know why I gave him a two. He should have got a negative one. But the devil got zero. So we're going Hitler probably did something nice sometime. I don't know what it was. Okay. But uh, so do, do you kind of see... But here's the thing. It's kind of a measuring stick. But here's what I want you to know. God has a measuring stick. And God's measuring stick is perfection. Holiness is God's standard. It is only in the person of Jesus Christ that we get perfect, that we get accepted, that we get received, that we get grafted in to God's heart, into God's family. Isn't that kind of a cool tool? So you, And you can could, you could make up all kind of people. You know, you could put yourself, you could, you could put, you know, whoever on there that you like or don't like, and uh, and just, you know, like I could put Auburn football on there and it'd be really low right now, okay? <laughs> gum tigers, they choked. All right. But all right, hey, let's keep going. Let's keep it about Jesus, okay? All right, look, let's look at the third one. Oh, oh! oh wait, a so we've got spiritual conversations. Oh, hey, I forgot there. We've got moral continuum. Just wanted you to know about this one. Hey, and let's, let's look at this one. Can you see this one? No. Well, I can. My story. My story. Do you have a story? If you find yourself identified in Christ this morning, you have a story. You have a story to tell. I did a series here years ago, a walk across the room. It was a whole evangelistic series. And here it is again. You and I got a story. We got a great story, God's story. But then we have a story to tell. When we're a follower of Jesus, we've got a story to tell that we've been redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. So if I got a story, I got to learn to tell it well. And I got to learn to tell it often. And I got to learn to tell it to people that need to hear it. Like uh, that story might be, hey, before I knew Christ, these things happened." before christ and some people get stuck there i've heard some testimonies and they exalted and praised devil and in the horrible lifestyle they had and then they come in and go and jesus met me oh let's give them a round of applause well yeah i mean like dude you glorified the devil for the majority of your talks. let's talk about God. And then, and then in the middle of that, then the gospel message comes that I've been talking about week after week. Man, just the, good, the goodness, the grace, the mercy, the love, the forgiveness, the judgment of Christ. So we begin to put that in the story. And then, then this, is, this is so important. Listen to me. Kind of a third component. This is how my life has changed since this event of meeting Jesus. This is how my life is changing now because of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is who I strive to become and and falling short. But my goal, my eyes, is fixed on the high prize of God that I want to be like Jesus. And you talk about how he's changing. Right now, if we just broke up in groups, a lot of you could say, oh, pastor. Man, Christ is doing some neat stuff in my life. He's He's given me a new heart. He's given me a new appetite. He's given me new desires. He's given me the ability to forgive. He's given me the ability to love. He's given me wisdom I never had. He's given me a spirit of discernment. He's given me some judgment. He's given me a new vocabulary. He's given me whatever. And you go, yeah, that's Jesus. And we just begin to talk about it. And so in that, fill it in the blank, number one, consider your own journey in this telling your story you got to consider your journey not the journey of somebody else but this is my journey of faith and they all look different everybody's story is different god intersects us we get receptive to we reject him at different points of the continuum we recount an experience and maybe that identifies or has a similarity to somebody else, something that they they understand. They're like, man, I, I, I don't want to fumble over that. So, we consider our own journey. We prepare right in there. We prepare. We prepare to tell our story. You know, over the years, Don and I've taken classes and I've gone to seminars and seminary and preached and gone to so many modes about how do you do this. But there is a time to prepare. We talked this morning with our uh, mission team to Belize about preparing your testimony because in other countries they. Other countries will say we would like to hear from some of your team, a testimony, a a, a word. They, they they don't mean a word literally. If they do, they wouldn't invite me. But they they want to they, they want to hear us recount of how Christ is doing a better work. And then third, we adapt to the situation. Sometimes our story is long, and sometimes it's short. We sometimes we only have five minutes. Sometimes we have 30 minutes or an hour. Maybe sometimes we have a weekend. Maybe we have a week on vacation with this person, and we don't want to blast them. We don't want to get the hammer out and hit them with the gospel. We just, as the Spirit leads, we share components of Christ and His grace. I hope this is extremely helpful. I hope it's practical. I, I hope it's going to motivate you and me. i, I got to tell you this. Is, is I've been going back over truths that I've learned year after year, and some that I've neglected as I've become a pastor. God stirred in my heart about because I have this real passion pray about prayer and I pray for my neighbors and I pray for the nations. I, I, I've done that consistently. But then I started thinking about, man, I don't really know a lot of non-Christians. I used to know so many. Now I hold the office of pastor and, I, and I'm around Christians and people that name the name of Jesus even though they don't live like it sometimes. And so I've been asking God, God, I, I, now, be, listen, be, be careful what I'm fixing to say. I, Maybe I need a little shadier friends. No, no, that's not what I want. Maybe I just need some that don't have hope. They, they've lost their hope. They never got hope. So I've been asking God, God, I need you to give me some new places to go, some new places to connect with some people that are far from Christ. Because if I'm real honest, I'm jealous of some of you. Probably all of you. You have offices and places that you go where you intersect with non-believers every day. That'd be the place to share this story. Office I serve in, they proclaim Jesus. <laughs> that's a good thing. I meet with you and you proclaim Jesus because we're not baptizing anybody right now. So apparently, everybody's like, man, I'm a believer. I, I got Jesus. I, that's awesome. And I want to try to introduce them with you to Christ as the Holy Spirit wins and changes their heart. But somehow, we, we've got to be more missional, would be the big word of the last decade of going and saying, Christ, put me in contact. Help me make some personal contact. And, and yet, let me just say this. I want to be real careful let's don't add baggage to the gospel sometimes we add sets of rules and regulations and that's maybe just a denominational stance or it's a particular group stance let's just keep it the pure gospel that jesus saves that jesus loves us that there is a a judgment there is a hell there is a heaven there is forgiveness there is repentance there is a fall do you know what i'm saying church don't add a bunch of rules. I mean, there are denominations that have been made up because of man-made rules, and the way they've interpreted stuff, and that just confuses people. I don't want to confuse them. I, want, I, I don't, Like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul could dazzle any crowd because of the, his great superior intellect. But in some crowds, he was very simple with a message. Just very simple to proclaim Christ in a very simple way. Listen, write down 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1-2. to 2 listen to these words from Paul this this is so pivotal when I came to you brothers I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom this is Paul speaking as I proclaim to you the testimony about God for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified man Paul Paul tells me and you how to do it there might be a time for a debate or some great uh, apologetic course to really debate somebody or try to declare because they they have these uh, burdens, these barriers to the gospel. But so many times it's just a simple word of how Christ loves you, how Christ forgives you, how Christ is changing you, how He's made how you, you. know, here it is, In an unencumbered gospel. God, I I don't want to be a roadblock. I, Lord, I want to be a conduit. I want to stick to you. I want to stick to the cross. I want to I want to make you known. You know. Uh, sometimes we just cause people to stumble over the cross. Always pointing to Christ, not to ourselves. I, I think that's a truth that we need to hear this morning. Uh, let, me, let me move to this truth, because I think this is so critical for you and I today. The fourth thing, it's relational evangelism. I've spent a lot of time on this one. I, I love this one, relational evangelism. And that's simply you and I building relationships with people in our web and our circle of influence. God, I, I relate to them. They're on my soccer team. They're in my mom's book club. They're in my, they're in my office. They're, they live on my street. They're my neighbor. We, we go to the ball game together. We, we do whatever together. And we just begin to say, God, I, I, I need to be there. I, I need to connect with them. And somehow we begin to love these people into a relationship with Christ. And we don't ever get them to Christ just by loving people, and that's important, because they'll know we're Christians by our love. But we have to tell them about Jesus and about the good news of grace. But we love them because we've won the right. So here's the thing. Just write some notes out to the side. Your your notes could be really full today because there's a lot. Make a list of unchurched, unredeemed friends. Just make a list. That's one reason I I started making a list this week. I used to do this a lot and I've kind of gotten out of the habit because I'm always trying to recruit and connect with people and share the love of Christ and the hope of Christ and help people mature in their faith. And then I thought, God... I need to go back to this old simple practice I learned years ago. I just need some unchurched people. I need more of them in my life. And so do you. And then I need to do something with it. And the church said, amen. I need to, we get involved in common activities. There's a lot of things that aren't immoral that we can do with non-Christians for the sake of building a relationship that's infectious. Here's a, here's a third thing. Be yourself and have fun. Don't put on your God voice when you start talking to them. God said, repent. They're like, what is that? Man, you're scary. (laughs) Man, just naturally relating to them, supernaturally, as an overflow of the Holy Spirit. We we begin to share, and and we find those places. And then uh, maybe, maybe we invite them to do a Bible study with us, maybe an investigative study of the book of John, or go through Romans if they really have this incredible mind, just begin to do it. Here's another thing we do. We pray. We just pray consistently for our new friends and we ask God to give us sincere compassion for those far from Christ. Just about a week ago, I was reading that scripture and God began to do something new in my heart. Of course, I know it and I pray for compassion, but I was just saying, God, I, I, don't, I don't love the lost like I used to. I repent. I want to know how to love them better to you, Jesus. That's why I'm here. That's why you've given me a voice. That's why you've given me a testimony. That's why I gave you a testimony that you could share that with somebody that needs to hear. Amen? I mean, we can do that, church. Everybody's capable of that. Ask, write down Mark 9.36 is a thing. Ask God for sincere compassion. Ask God for his spirit. Colossians 4.3, write down this. Pray for God to give you open doors and opportunities. I've prayed that a lot over the years. I'm like, God, this is going to be kind of a lot higher on my prayer list. I want open doors to the gospel. And I'm praying right now heavy for beliefs, for open doors to share. But God's got me on my prayer walks and I'm praying for open doors to share the goodness of Christ with my neighborhood, with my neighbors. See, our block party several weeks ago, that was some goodwill, some good deeds that leads to the good news. And I've been asking God, God, please give me opportunity. I ran into a man the other night and I and then he, was, then he was a believer. I almost got disappointed. I wanted to go, dude, I wish you were lost. But I didn't tell him that. I was so excited. I had this new friend. And uh, we were connected. And then he just wanted to talk about Jesus. And he knows him. Isn't that sad when the pastor gets disappointed because of God already knew Jesus? Because I I thought, I'm gonna come in and tell my new story that this week, Don will tell you, this used to happen so much to me. I just walk wherever I was, leading people to Christ, people come to Christ. Man, it was awesome. We started this church every weekend. One, two, three, four, five, six people would get saved. I'm like, God, you are great. Now I don't see anybody get saved. It kills me. It ought to kill you. God, we want to see our friends know Christ. Is anybody burning with a little passion here? I hope. Tell about the, the difference Christ is making. All right, all right, let's, let's move to the last one. Here it is. All right, I gotta wrap this up because they gotta come do the last song and piece of pile over there. Okay. Charles, you moved. You're throwing me, brother. Charles usually sits right here. I heard that voice. I was like, I'm hearing God. God thought it was funny. I'm gonna have two. Okay, I right, hear you. Are. Hand to hand. Do this real quick. Just another tool in your arsenal. Um, You know, God loves us. God's crazy about us. But we've got a problem. Sin. And that sin, you know what that sin does? Separates. You know what God had to do with Jesus when Jesus was hanging on the cross with my sin and yours? He had to turn his back because he couldn't look on sin. And sin demanded payment. And sin separated you and me. But you know what the good news is? God loved us. God had a plan. God turned his heart back toward me. And he sent Christ for you and me. And it wasn't just enough that he sent him. Then he wants you and me to receive him and open up to him and invite this Christ to come and reign and rule. You're saying, man, I got two of them. I take them everywhere I go. Isn't that simple? And I, could, I could give you all these passages. Let's just look real quick, hand to hand. Look at the first one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You always want to use Romans 3.23. You're not Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa sinned too. She fell short. Okay, let's look at the next one. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Man, so you're getting some some, some scriptures in them. And let's go to the last one in Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is gospel hands. That is gospel. I pray that you'll take this and somehow you'll say, God, use this. Use this in my life. Oh, friend, I I wish I had another 30, 40 minutes to sit here and share with you this good hope of the gospel. I will on a weekly basis. But I just hope this Gospel Fluency series somehow stirred you and me to get more fluent. Let's be fluent supernaturally. Caitlin wants you and the team come, and they're going to close out with a great song, and when we finish the song, Chuck Kiefer's going to come to the stage and needs to tell us something that's very important. So what we're going to do is we will have a prayer. Team's going to be in place. They're going to sing a song. We're going to stand to our feet and sing and worship come to the altar do what we need to do and then chuck will come and give us instructions about today how the feast is going to happen and uh let me let me say this is there, everybody's getting ready i'm seeing moving parts everywhere you ain't brought no pie to me but i'm seeing everything else okay here we go here's, here's what i want you to do next weekend uh i'm out of series okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna preach on a subject that you need to hear about and if you don't you will I am compelled to preach about grief next weekend. And I want us to take a biblical walk through grief and how to respond to that, how we help others respond. So if you know somebody that's maybe going through something or whatever, or you're like, man, you need to hear this. Our pastor's going to talk about that. I just want to let you know it's just a solo message about grief. And maybe, not maybe, it'll be helpful. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning, for your presence and for, for Jesus and for his amazing love. And Lord, we pray that uh, we would draw near to you and that we would believe this gospel with all our hearts and we would trust in and lean into it. Move in our hearts, God. Help us to know you, to really know you, to follow you all the days of our life. Lord, we're, we're sinners. We need Christ. Lord, may we have nothing else but you. You're enough. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.